friends. Welcome back to the Today I Choose Joy podcast. My name is Kayla, and I'm super excited for y'all to be here today. Today, we are having the second guest on the podcast, and this is one of my close friends. Her name is Katie, and we have been friends for a minute now, and she is definitely one of the most people that just listens to you and encourages you so much, and I'm just excited to talk about life today. And just kind of talk through a little bit about her story and just some of the things that she's been through and the ways that she can find joy in the midst of that. And so everybody, welcome Katie Andrews. Hey, Katie. Hi. (laughs) Okay. Um, Sorry, I was like, I don't know if that was me to come in. Yeah, that was definitely on my fault. (laughs) You're fine. (laughs) Okay. Um. So, wow, that just explains me very, very clearly. I never have a plan, but it's all good. So, okay. (laughs) So, do you want to start off by just talking a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm Katie. I'm 26 years old. Um, So, I've been living in Georgia about 20 years now, originally from California, Um, so a little bit about me, I graduated, um, from Kennesaw State University in 2018 with an English degree. So I've just been kind of, um, using that just for doing freelance editing. Um, I work with a company called The Love Story, where we do therapeutic journaling for people, um, who are struggling with some mental health issues, um, or, you know, just going through a really rough time. So I really, enjoy doing that. Um, I'm also writing another novel. So I published my first book last year, which was super exciting. It was like a collection of poetry and stuff called uh, Let the Hurt Girl Speak. Um, So I really, I do a lot of things, I guess. Um, My current job that pays the bills is I am an office admin um, with a vet's office working with the equine vet. So that's been real interesting. I've been doing that almost seven months now. Um, so I guess in my free time, I do a lot of gardening. I enjoy cooking. I love crafts. I have a lot of craft projects I do. Um, I volunteer on Wednesday nights at Westridge um, with a wonderful group of girls. Uh, they're sophomores this year. Super exciting. And I've been a small group leader for ooh, probably since 2014. So it's been a, it's been a hot minute. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm all over the place. I like <laughs> just doing stuff. Um, yeah. So I always love learning new things and meeting new people. So yeah, that's, I would say that's me. Yeah, I love, I feel like that you are somebody that is super diverse because you can like, you're so creative in writing and also just like arts and stuff. And then you're also like the biggest green thumb person I know, which I love. And (laughs) so it's the coolest thing. I just feel like God's giving you a lot of different talents and it's really cool to see. So I love that. Um, Okay, so kind of like, I talked about in the last episode with one of my other friends, I kind of want to start off the podcast with every guest kind of talking about our friendship story, because I feel like it's a good way to start just kind of getting to know us a little bit better and how we became friends. And Katie and I last night actually saw each other and we were trying to like figure out when we actually met each other, because it's kind of a long story. Well, not a long story, but I feel like we've just known each other for a long time. 
Um, but do you want to kind of talk about that, Katie? Sure. So I think I think we officially landed on 2019, although we did meet in 2018 um, yeah. through an internship through Westridge. Um, so a bunch of us were doing like global internships. You were going to Spain. I was going to go to Scotland. Um, so that's when we kind of like officially met. And then I was supposed to leave in August, but then that didn't work out. So I had to wait um, yeah. a hot minute for that. And so you had left for Spain. Um, I forgot when you said you left for Spain, but it was before I did. Yeah. Officially. October. Yeah. So you left in October and then I left for Scotland, um, in May of 2019. And then you got back June of that year. And so we really didn't yeah. quite <laughs> hang out until <laughs> probably around December of 2019. And then we um, were in the same small group together. So I think that's pretty much where it started. And it was really through small group and um, volunteering together at Westridge. That's just kind of how our friendship grew. And it was just really awesome to, you know, really know you because I think I didn't know how young you were. <laughs> until I think one of the times you're like, Oh, I'm turning 21. I'm like, Oh, I thought you were older, <laughs> which is totally fine. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm just really bad with ages. Um, Me too. So, yeah. So I mean, it's just been really cool this past like almost two years, really, of just getting wow. to know you because you're just such a huge advocate of people, you're such you know an encourager, and I just you know I really love that, and just your heart for you know people and Jesus. So I would say that about sums it up as far as I can remember, and I'm probably missing some like dates and stuff, but you know. <laughs> No, I feel that's like that's what, right. up. And I think it's so cool because we met at a time where we were both about to like go into something so new. And it's really mm-hmm. cool how like we didn't know each other very well back then because it was such like a like the program we were in was like it was structured, but it wasn't like this. We were not meeting like every single week for months and months. It was just like kind of a short little program. And so I feel like we didn't really get to know each other super well. And then we all left. And so, but it was really cool, like coming back because I think we both could relate to each other in like that kind of way of like post-culture shock and also like processing things of just like living overseas. Like we both experienced that and there's definitely some challenges in that and also coming back as well and acclimating to that. And so I just think it's really cool how God like started our friendship that way. Now it's like here, which is really cool. So I love that. That's so cool. Um, kind of going along. So you kind of mentioned about Scotland and I don't know if this is like the answer to this question, but kind of what is it an experience in your life so far that's grown you the most you think? Mm. Yeah, I was stuck between two because 2012 was like a real rough year for me. Um, I'll that one I'll just sum up real quickly. So it was like March was like the first time I was ever going to go on a missions trip or anything to Nicaragua. And it was like that week um, of the mission trip, we had gotten a call that my uncle had passed away from a meth overdose. So that was like really hard process of just being ready to go on this mission trip, but then also having just like this terrible family loss. So that kind of like really grounded me in having to rely on God and um, refocusing, like, what does it mean to go on a missions trip, you know, because I didn't know if my uncle was saved. um, And that really bothered me. So that was like the start of like, what one of the worst years, I would say, of my life. And then I think it was August, no, it was June. 
My um, grandfather was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and then he passed away a couple months after that. And then, like, a month after he passed away, our close family friend had passed away um, very suddenly. And then, I think, towards the end of the year, my dad lost his job. So, 2012 was, like, a real wow. roller coaster for me and really just having to grow me in, like, what does it actually mean to rely on God when I have nothing left? So, that just wow. kind of was a continuing theme through my life, yeah. but that really jump started it. So 2018, I would say, is a very, <laughs> very defining moment. So just building off of that. So there was like, you know, big six year gap of really nothing super tragic happening. But I would say 2018 hit off. It was my senior semester, final semester of college. And it was like right after my birthday, like a couple days after I started noticing I was feeling just real sick. I wasn't eating. I was just nauseated all the time. And I was super nervous about everything because I just, there was so much happening. I was like, oh, I'm going to go to Scotland at the end of the year in August, but I got to graduate first. I don't know what this really means for my life. And so it just kind of kicked off about like a three and a half month period of anxiety um, where it was just, I couldn't function. I couldn't process things. Um, my cat had also died <laughs> real mm -hmm. suddenly. So that was just like really rough. Um, so and I just couldn't get past this anxiety block. And I would have people at church who were like, well, you know, it'll be fine once, you know, school's over. It's not going to matter. You know, you're just going to look back on this and laugh and all this stuff. But it was just like, I could not function. There were times I'd have to call out of work because I would just be in the back, like ready to throw up. And I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not eating. I'm not sleeping. Like literally there's nothing like, I can do to overcome this. And so I was losing just a little bit of weight and it was just, it was not a good thing to be. And I do remember there were some Wednesday nights I would show up to church and that was a wreck. I was a mess. It was awful. I was like, I don't know how to lead these girls when I just cannot function. And it was just a real struggle to kind of be at church sometimes just because people I trusted weren't, they weren't really meeting me where I was at. And they're just like, well, you know, just pray through it. It'll be fine. You know, cast your anxieties on the Lord and everything. And even my own dad, he's like, well, you know, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about the future. It's like easier said than done. But right now I feel like yeah. I'm going to either throw up or have a panic attack. And it was like even people I wanted to hang out with, like I just couldn't because I would just feel sick. And I just it wasn't working <laughs> and I just kept praying to God. I'm like, God, can you just take this from me? And it wasn't until like, Ooh, I would say June. So well after I graduated, I distinctly remember it once, once I graduated, I didn't know my final grades. And then the next day they posted grades and I had passed. And then I think I remember I threw up and <laughs> went back to bed. <laughs> and then it was like, yeah. it wasn't until June that it started to like really kind of pan out and just kind of dissipate um, the closer I got to August when I was supposed to leave for Scotland. So I was just, it was a real bad couple months with anxiety and just really trying to figure out, God, what are you, what are you doing in this? And so, yeah, August comes around. I'm real excited to leave. I was like, okay, I got this. And so I fly to Heathrow, London, and then I get detained because I don't have a work visa. So that was real interesting because that was not part of the plan at all. Yeah, yeah. So I basically was there at the airport for like 12 hours, 
trying to just figure out what can legally be done. And they're like, well, we're, we're just going to have to send you home. So you're going to have to stay here overnight. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Um, this is not, <laughs> I don't know how uh, to handle this because I was by myself. This was the first time flying internationally by myself and oh, just really God. having to call my family from like inside the detainment facility and be like, I have nothing on me. They won't let me have anything. And so it was real, real nerve wracking time. And then just to come back home after, um, you know, just this experience and just feeling like, well, God, now what's happening? I raised, you know, all this money for this. This is what, you know, I was really excited to do. And then yeah. just have to wait a whole pretty much nine months to get a visa and yeah. it was just it was a weird period because everyone at the church had known what was going on while it was happening and it was just this weird feeling of something that was very personal but everyone else knew about it and I wasn't quite ready for them it wasn't that I've it kind of borderline like I felt like a failure in that sense of mm. this was something I set out to do and then it just kind of got denied. And then watching everyone else leave for their trips kind of like built up a lot of resentment yeah. and for just like those reasons of like, God, why am I still here? Why am I still being kind of held back and not being able to do this thing? Basically, you've called me to. And so it was just a lot of waiting on the lawyers in Scotland to approve a visa. Then Brexit happened. So that delayed everything. And so it was basically always like, you know, it'll happen soon. It'll happen soon. It'll happen soon. And so then, you know, those nine months of 2018, it was just, it was a real hard time. And being at church when people would ask, well, when are you leaving and all this stuff? And it's like, I don't know. And I felt like I had to have the answers. Yeah. And so it really just kind of brought me to a real rough point. Um, and then January, 2019, I'd quit my job. Cause I was just like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to work here anymore. So it was, it was a mini kind of session of depression from pretty much January to about March of just like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do for a job. It could be, I'll leave in March. I could leave in June. Um, so God, I really don't know what's happening. Yeah. So it was a, it was an interesting time. Definitely did a lot of baking, which my mom's like, hey, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I don't really have anything else to do. So this is what we're going to do. So it was, it. it was just really hard because I did a lot of more one-on-one -on -one sessions with God and just, it was hard to be at church. I would say I definitely felt myself yeah. kind of withdrawing from just even like the small groups I was in just because it felt so hard because everyone just kept asking me these questions and it's like I don't know I don't really know yeah. and it was just a it was a really hard experience just trying to come to terms with that disappointment for sure and trying to say okay God if your hand is still in this you're, you're really gonna have to show me and yeah. you know in this in this waiting season of what's gonna happen and at the end of that kind of nine month period I really did get to see you know I wasn't volunteering. I wasn't working. I wasn't doing the stuff I was had been doing pretty much since I was 17. Um, so it was a good opportunity for me to really just kind of sit and rest and refill um, just emotionally and mentally. Um, yeah. And I wasn't I didn't realize it until when I was getting my visa. And so because I mean, I needed to be filled 
for what was going to happen um, during that internship. So finally get my visa in like, oh, what was it? So I applied for my visa. On my, I remember I spent my birthday at the um, immigration office, which was super fun. Sat there for four oh, hours yeah. waiting, waiting for my documents in Atlanta because the other facility um, was not open or accepting visas. So I had to do a makeup appointment. Um, so I did that. And then my visa came in end of May. And then I basically left end of May for Scotland. It was a really, I mean, I'd never been to Scotland. So it was really exciting just getting to meet everyone, staying in a host home um, and getting to really just kind of understand more of what I was doing. Cause I really didn't know what I was actually going to be doing. It wasn't quite clear, which yeah was a real big stressor for me because I like knowing the details. Um, but God, obviously, I was like, no, nah, you need to maybe let go of that control just a little bit. It's like, cool. All right. Well, <laughs> we're cool. going to figure this out. I mean, <laughs> how yeah. hard could it be? Um, so I'd say for the first three months, it was really just getting to know the students in the school, uh, meet with the teams that were coming through. So it was really cool to see that side of things from a mission trips perspective Um, because I'm so used to being on like the week-long teams but to be on the other end helping them come in was really just eye-opening to see what all goes into making those trips happen so I was doing a lot of that I was running all the social media accounts for them doing a lot of door-to-door stuff and ministry outreach in the community and really just getting to understand like what is the church's mission in Scotland and how is it so difficult to break ground um, in a population where less than 1% actually knows God. So it was very different for me because I had never been on a trip that long. So it definitely stretched me in trying to figure out where my community was. Um, And I think that's what I really struggled with because I mean, the Scots are really nice but their sense of community is very different than Americans. And that was not yeah. something I was really prepared for because I was basically on my own. I didn't really have that kind of student team or anyone really my age who was a believer um, yeah. to really kind of connect with. So I definitely, that took a toll on me about, I want to say the three to four month mark is when I really had that emotional wall and just it kind of spiraled. I was feeling really alone, really kind of just isolated. I really just didn't know how to talk to anyone about it because it's just I didn't feel like it could be that vulnerable without someone telling me, well, you need to just going to just have to push through mm-hmm. it. It's like, well, I'm just really hurting right now. I don't know how to do this. And I just feel like alone. <laughs> and so it there were a couple of choices I made that were not the best, which really just it just really hurt. And so I was really just trying to sort through my own complicated emotions while still having to kind of function. And it felt again, like, Oh, I had failed in some way. Like I'm not a good enough Christian because I can't do this. I just didn't feel close to anyone. I didn't know. I just didn't know what to do. So yeah. And it felt like after that, everything was scrutinized. Every like thing I did, I was like, "Do what am I having to live up to?" I'm like, "What? What have I lost sight of?" And so the main things, definitely a couple years out, looking at that, um, was learning 
one, how to really spiritually feed myself because the church would only meet like every other week. So I really had to do my own spiritual feeding and really find my own community on my own, which was really just hard because that's just not necessarily who I am. I'm not, I would say that proactive in that because it it was easier definitely in the States, you know, like, Oh, just jump into a small group. And so you really had to work at it. And so it wasn't until, you know, almost it was too late to realize, okay, I really have to utilize this. I really have to fund these resources. And so it was really good in the sense that it really strengthened my faith and how to, you know, find that community, how to be intentional, how to, you know, even with people, I didn't feel like I could trust. It's like, how, how do I open up to them about these things I'm going through? Yeah. And um, so I, I've definitely learned like how to keep my circle small, uh, them intentional rather than, yeah. you know, just going to anyone who I felt like, you know, might be able to listen to me, who might be able to empathize. Cause I mean, I'm just that kind of person. It's like, want to feel validated. want to feel heard because, yeah, as Christians, it's mental illness is such a, you know, heavy thing and anxiety and depression and all those things. I mean, it's like, you don't realize how much it wears on you, especially in the mission field where, you know, Satan's main goal, Satan's main goal is to just divide that whole team. It's very easy. And so Mm -hmm. I really got a glimpse of that. And so um, cause I remember I'd called you about that. I'm like, I don't know what to do. How do you yeah. deal with this? Cause yeah. I mean, most, most mission teams have exactly that they have a team. And so I wasn't yeah. kind of feeling like that home church connection. I wasn't feeling like people were reaching out because sometimes it was just like, this is so exhausting to talk about. You've asked me how I'm doing, yeah. but I mean, if I feel like I tell you I'm not doing okay after I've worked so hard to get here, it feels like, you know, almost judgment and that of like, why aren't you happy? You're doing the Lord's work. Why aren't you okay? It's like, it's like, I want to be here, but right now I'm not okay. And I realized like, you know, that is okay to admit like Jesus's ministry. Like he had those moments where it's like, this is hard stuff. Like he didn't, there were moments where I'm sure, you know, he didn't enjoy where he was at, but he, he knew the mission. And yeah. so it was really having to refocus myself of, okay, what is the mission? How can I keep the mission in focus, but also still take care of myself? Because yeah, yeah I can't oh, do it on my own. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, like literally oh. with, with that, I remember kind of when you taught, when you called me about that, I actually remember that so clearly because I had just kind of walked through the same thing a couple months before that where I was in this mentality that I was like, I can't struggle because people have been so generous to me for me to be here. People have poured so much into me to get here. And I'm like, I'm literally doing God's work. Why am I struggling so much? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the enemy likes to do is twist things because it was like that feeling of, I, it was honestly on it. I think for me, pride, it was like a twisted pride because Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I am doing God's work. So I cannot be struggling, but no, like that you are human. And I, that's why I love. And I feel like Katie, you've taught me this so much is just how to process emotions, because I think that's something that I've really, really tapped into, especially this past year of just 
what are my emotions? Like, how do I tap into them? And how do I admit that? Like, when I'm not okay, I can say that without being like, scared of judgment, because I think that is something that you also said is keeping your circle small and intentional. Like you can have a lot of like acquaintances and stuff, but deep friendships, deep community, like that should be something that is super like sacred because you're sharing life with these people. And that's why I think it's so important that we truly pray for our community. We pray for our people because it's so important that we're filled with people that are going to encourage us and meet us in that place. Cause I think hearing your story just the past few minutes, like I think that's something that you didn't have a lot of is people meeting you where you were. And I Mm -hmm. think that's so important because we cannot just meet people when they're on the mountaintop. We need to meet people in the Valley as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just so, so crucial. And I love how you emphasize that. And yeah. Wow. I don't know. It's just really good stuff. Really good stuff. I'm like oh, yeah. fired up over here. I feel like ha- you had to go know. through the wow. valley for sure. Had to yeah. August August of 2019 was so rough, so rough. But I would say on like the tail end of that, it definitely gave me a, a deeper appreciation of just the students I was working with because there was a lot of self-doubt. There was a lot of question of like, you know, am I being biblical? Because I was told like, oh, you're not being biblical. Maybe you're not a good fit for student ministry. And it's like those things like really hurt. So I had to kind of like look at it of like what is my whole purpose with student ministry. And so, so many of those students there just have those deep anxieties, the deep depressions. There's just no hope because they have been told, you know, experiment with your identity and just go for it. But that has created just so much confusion for them Mm -hmm. and they don't know how to just focus in on the truth. So really having that rough moment um, really opened my eyes to say, okay, we do need to meet students where they're at. I'm, I love Jesus and I love, you know, scripture. It's, it can be such a healing bomb, but it, help me to reevaluate of like, we're not just going to put a verse bandaid on it. That's not going to reach these students until we start to say, okay, I hear your pain. I understand, you know, you are hurting. I may not know exactly what you're going through, but I know what it is to hurt. I know what it is to have those fears and just to, yeah, meet them where they're at. They want to be heard. They want to be validated. It doesn't mean excusing all the things they do, but it means like, okay, you know, we're going to get down to your level and we're going to, yeah. just sit with you in this. And so that was, you know, what I really wanted. And so I'm like, this is what, these are what these students want. And that's just a basic human emotion. And yeah. so really to try and tap into that, not only in Scotland, but then when I came back with my students and it was something I always understood, like kind of knew, but it's like, okay, this is what it means to actually go through that. So yeah. it was a lot of reaffirming and rebuilding up that faith. And like you said, I really loved tapping into emotions and just seeing what it is, you know, that God has created us as emotional beings to be, but where does it become, you know, a little bit muddied with our emotions because things that were originally, you know, supposed to be very good get tainted by sin. So is learning to separate the emotional side of things, which is what I'm very emotional person to where is, truth and love in this and you know overcoming that so and I mean yeah. even after Scotland it was still like really hard to come to terms with that reverse culture shock of coming yes. back to the states processing what happened trying to really work through it and I mean 2020 was 
I mean, it was 2020, but I would say 2019 was definitely the rough year for me. So 2020. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Really 100%. a walk in the park. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. I yeah. Not saying that very lightly, but I mean, yeah, yeah it had its own sure. troubles, but yeah. yeah every so. year has its troubles, but it, 2019, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think both of us had a lot of things that year. <laughs> like, Gosh. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Prepared well, for 2020 with those two years combined. So I would say like that whole season, 2018 and 2019, really just gave me a deeper appreciation for one, how to reach students and to also reach myself on that deep um, introspective level of, you know, what's going on? What, what does that mean to you? What does God say about that? And then what can be done about it? Um, to really kind of wow. section those things out. And even if I don't have the answers in the moment, um, as Sheila Walsh would say, I really love her and I loved her books. It got me through, got me through a lot of 2019. It's, you know, it's okay not to be okay because that's not our job. It's God's yes. job. We try and play yes. gods and perfection, but I mean, that's not where we're supposed to be. We're imperfect. And, you know, striving yes. for that perfection is only going to just make us, more hurt and yeah so yeah yeah wow Katie I'm literally sitting here and I'm like wow the, the <laughs> amount of mic drops and like wisdom <laughs> nuggets that just happened in that one question I'm like wow <laughs> kind of shook and I feel like it's so cool because that's something that I really feel like God has been really really pressing me in it's just it's okay not to be okay. And I think mm -hmm. my word that I really wanted to focus on this year was authentic because I just think I've always struggled with striving. I've always struggled with people pleasing and all these different things that I used to think were like, oh, like I'm just trying to help or I'm trying to like be this for God. But like, no, I do not have to be anything for him to love me more. Like I am loved just where I am and I cannot be okay. And that doesn't mean I can I need to stay there, but it means I can be there for a minute and not feel guilt and shame because I am mm -hmm. human. I have emotions. I have feelings. And I kind of want to tie that into like the next question of just, I think you've gone through a lot of change. And I think just even talking about like 2018, 2019, 2020, honestly, all those years combined, just how did you find joy in the midst of that change? Like where mm. was that joy found in the midst of all that turmoil and different seasons that surrounded you? Yeah, um, I definitely know when I was sitting in the midst of 2019 and just with all these emotions, um, I kind of like phrased it to myself. It's like, I don't like where I'm at, but I don't necessarily want to quit what's happening. So it's like I could feel that kind of presence of Jesus of like, this is where you need to be for this reason, even though it's not wow. great where you're at. Um, Cause I mean, it had been asked, it's like, are you going to come home or, or are we going to send you home? It's like, no, don't do that. Cause <laughs> I'm here for this reason. And so yeah. uh, it was definitely kind of reaffirming of, you know, to have that inner peace. It's not necessarily going to feel like, Oh, I can feel the clouds parting. I can feel all of this. It's like, I know there's a lesson behind this yeah. and I just can't see it. And so some of the most beautiful words um, that were spoken over to me during that time was just keep becoming um, because that's what our lives are. Jesus is always in the process of making us new, making us into what we're supposed to be. And we don't see it until the end. 
And so we do get to catch glimpses of it. Like the seeds that have been planted, just the small fruits, but it's like that tree doesn't stop growing. It, once it bears fruit, it, it keeps growing until, you know, the ordained time when, you know, it doesn't and its task is completed. And so that's what our lives are like. And so I have to remind myself, it's like, I'm in the midst of the process. I won't get to see what's at the end of it as much as I like to keep looking back and, you know, get to this one mountaintop and look and see how far I've come. God gives us those moments just to, like, look how far you've come. We still have a lot further to go, but, you know, take time to look and see what you've gone through, the good and the bad, because it's all part of who you are, who you're becoming. And so that's what's helped to kind of keep me centered in those moments where (laughs) they're really hard and really difficult and to find joy in the fact of, you know, I will get to see those mountaintop moments, but the growth happens in the valley. It doesn't happen at the top. And so, yeah, (laughs) I would say that's the the answer I have. (laughs) Okay. Can I just say something? I literally feel like I'm sitting here right now. And I'm like, wow, like, I really feel like somebody that listens to this is gonna literally just sit there with their jaw, like wide open, because just I love what you just said about becoming. I've literally never thought of that. And that's so cool of like, we will see like, God's gonna remind us how far we've come. But we'll never know until we reach eternity, like, what all of these things were like, are like his plan for us like that just blows my mind like everything in our life has a purpose and I think it's sometimes really hard to see that but at Mm -hmm. the end of the day that's our faith like we have faith knowing God has a perfect plan for our lives and his Mm -hmm. plan is going to prevail and he has a plan and a purpose for us like it says in Jeremiah 29 11 and I just love that word becoming wow that is going to stick with me so much anyways okay wow that was amazing well um <laughs> going going to the next one okay wow I'm excited to hear this response to I'm just like sitting here wow yes I think I said wow probably 20 times but anyways um <laughs> so kind of talk about present time now since we kind of talked about like past now um what is something right now like in this specific season that God's teaching you hmm. um So definitely intentionality, I would say, that's kind of carried over from last year of, you know, like being very intentional with conversations I have with friends. Um, I don't know. I just the last couple of months or so, I've just really felt this sense of urgency of really wanting to reach my unchurched friends. It's I mean, I know the end times are around us and there's so many things that are changing and, you know, life can end in an instant. But just to have that. Yeah expectancy and just that heart to want these people I care about to know and have hope and just not be eternally separated. It's like, that's really been pressing on my heart. And um, I've been listening to pastor Mark Rutland over the past couple months. And so he, in this most recent one was just talking about how many of us, you know, will continually pray for something. He's like, I highly doubt any of us would continually pray for something for, you know, 10 days straight. And so just to think about the prayers in the Bible, wow. of, you know, three years of no rain. And so, I mean, all those people who are praying, you know, for rain or, you know, any of those longstanding prayers, it's like, it takes time, but it doesn't mean, 
you know, God's not going to have it come through. And just to continually pray for these people I care about. And I mean, I'm human, so I'll forget sometimes and I'll you know, be like, it's fine. It's fine. It's like life is so short and, you yeah. know, there's not much separating us from this life and eternity. And so if I really, you know, as a Christian who has been saved and I have this hope, my heart should really break for those who don't, who are not safe yet. And so um, that's something that's really been on my heart of just how can I continually pray for these people and to, you know, trust that God is going to do the work and stir those hearts. So that's one thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Second one, I would say really just <laughs> finding a new community for sure. Um, Cause yeah, after our small group kind of stopped meeting, uh, it's been, you know, a couple months of not really having a steady small group. And yeah. I know that's so important to have that community yeah. to grow and to sharpen and to, you know, just be challenged and not just people who reaffirm what I'm saying, but to also just challenge me in those yeah. ways. So really looking for just that sharpening community um, that's really just going to grow my faith because, I mean, it's always growing. And when I think I'm in a good place, it's like, mm, there's still some growing to be done. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. We're always going to be growing <laughs> until eternity. That's what I always hear. And I think that's mm-hmm. true. It's like we always yeah. have spaces to grow in. So that's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. I love and that. Then, I think third one is just at this point in my life, there's not, I mean, there's no college I'm looking forward to. I'm in a decent spot with kind of like work and stuff. So it's just, what is this kind of waiting period in my life looking like and just Mm -hmm. praying through it, but not being passive in it um, of just sitting and doing nothing. It's like, how am I continuing to use the gifts God has given me to do whatever he says he wants for me to do. Cause it's not necessarily clear like, Oh, you're called to Africa, Katie or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, seeing, you know, if this is where I need to be or if this is just the waiting place for the next stage of life. So just yeah. trying to enjoy where I'm at, but also to look for those opportunities of where's God maybe pulling me to, where's he leading me to um, and growing. So that's what I would say. Wow. I love that. I love how it's like in the waiting, you're still surrendered to what he has. Like you're not, I love how you said, I like want to be expectant, but also not passive. And I love that. Like, I think it's super easy in a waiting season to be passive and be like, Mm -hmm. what even is the purpose of this? And just kind of just, what's the word for it? Kind of just, um, can't think of it kind of just like going by with no real like intentional like actions of just yeah drifting cru- oh cruising that's what cruising. I was thinking of. <laughs> cruising like cruising with no direction and I think that that's like the opposite of what God intends for a waiting season to be because in the waiting there's so much that we can grow in because we're clinging to him in so many different ways and I just think there's something beautiful in that and waiting is not fun, but waiting is refining and growing. And that's ultimately going to lead you to a better and amazing place with God. And so I don't know. I love how you said that. That's really cool. 
So the last question, I have just allowed this talk has been incredible. Anyways, I'm just <laughs> excited to listen back to this because it's been so good. And um, just the last question, I want to, every time I have somebody on, I just want to ask them this because I think it can be literally the smallest or biggest thing in your life right now. But I just think it's fun to like hear a few things because I think it kind of describes your personality and what you say maybe I don't know but um what are three things that are bringing you joy right now in life Mm. um well it is springtime and as much as I hate the pollen and the warm (laughs) season I do like getting to plant stuff so it's been been a little bit tricky because we're having our lawn resodded and the back deck needs to be painted so I can't really move all my stuff to the back deck like I had last year so I'm really having to spread my pots out um, along like the (laughs) woods and the back deck and so it's taken just a little bit longer to get things started than I want to but I have some stuff that's coming up and I've got a lot of seed packets to get started and start planting so I'm really excited about that (laughs) Um, to do that um I'm working yeah I love it um let's see I'm working on I'm trying to work on at least two novels this year one I'm hoping to get published um or I'm gonna publish in October so working on a fantasy novel it's been real exciting I love love my writing group it's so exciting because we're all just kind of like let's just maybe send memes instead of actually writing (laughs) um but it's coming along and even though October's like still six months away, it's not a whole lot of time <laughs> when yeah. I think about it. But I'm really excited because it's just a story I've had for a really long time. And the second one probably won't get done this year. I'll just have to see how much work it needs. But that'll yeah. be kind of like the continuum of the book I published last year. So last year's book was like focusing on the dark and heavy stuff <laughs> in my yeah. life this one's more of like a silver linings playbook in a sense of like where's that turning point where is like the silver lining in what's happening in my life um wow. so I'm I love that to get that one done and I guess third thing hmm that's a hard one <laughs> um so I don't know I'm just excited to see where the year goes because I mean I'd like to travel a bit more um, and maybe just do some more day trips and really just enjoy. Yes. I'm a homebody anyway, and but I do love traveling. It's just hard because teleportation's not been invented, so I, I have to actually move <laughs> and go places. Um, but I like yes. going places. So just being content with like the small, some you know what they say, the simple things in life. Just going to like a nice yes. little place minutes away rather than let's plan a trip to Hawaii it's like I'd love that but that's a lot. yeah <laughs> and <laughs> what can yeah. I do in a weekend so really just yeah. focusing on like more weekend trips just seeing more of Georgia and um, yeah. just the areas around me so yeah that's what I I'm think happy there's, for there's so much beauty and I know it's so it's so overstated but I really truly think that 2020 taught me that there's so much beauty in the small things and just like simply living like the other day I literally just I did homework in my car trunk and I just had it open and it was like sunset hour and the like breeze was blowing I was playing some music and it was just so nice and it was just so simple but also brought so much joy and so I think just finding those moments are so important so I love how you said that that's really cool I love that well (laughs) Katie wow you just blew my mind and I just (laughs) want to say before we like end this 
I just want to say like I am so thankful like you have taught me so much I just feel like when you speak I just learn from you and I think you really have just such like a passion for like knowledge and I think it's so cool because I literally like I like when I say this I'm not even kidding like every time you speak I like get something from you and I'm like whoa like I just think God really speaks to you and it's so cool to see that like not just in community but with your students and just your people around you your work environment I just really think that your words hold so much life over people and you may not even realize the power it holds because I just think you speak and like literally it's so cool like people just learn from you and I think you have a really teachable spirit and it's so cool and I also just think it's so cool that I don't know I just like your vulnerability is so amazing to me and I think you've been through like some really crazy things and it's so cool for you to be like I went through those things but I know there was a purpose in it and that takes a lot of strength and I know that's from God and I, I just see it so clearly in you and so yeah, just thank you for being my friend. You're just, wow. That was just so life-giving, all those words you just said. And I know they'd be life-giving for other people as well. And so thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for hosting this. And, you know, just having a platform to learn different things and hear from different people's stories. So, yeah, thank you for giving me this opportunity. <laughs> yes, it was so fun. I literally was so excited because I just think it's so cool to, like, sit down and just talk about our stories, but like in a way that can, you know, maybe be a light to somebody that may be walking through the same thing. Like maybe somebody's walking through like post-culture shock, or maybe somebody's walking through anxiety right now. And just like hearing like you talk about it and the ways that you've overcome that, it shows like there's victory over those things and like victory. And it's so cool to like hear that. So, wow. I just love that so much. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that podcast with Katie and I just hope everybody remembers that they're loved and that you can choose joy today and we'll see you next time. Bye.